This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 plus 100.5. I'm Bob Cudmore. We're also heard on the North Country radio stations 1410 AM and 96.9 FM. Our guest is Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley, a Republican. Supervisor Ketsley has been in office since 2009. Let me start off with a question about state aid, which has been in the news. Your town board in Glenville, the Niskayuna, Rotterdam town boards, other communities have passed resolutions urging restoration of state aid cut from the governor's uh, budget. Uh, what is your take on this situation? Yes, uh, good morning, Bob. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm glad to be here today, so thank you. This this is one of the uh, uh, craziest budget resolution uh, budget uh, proposals the governor's made this year i believe and it's uh, really destructive to communities especially upstate communities where he's proposing to take away the long time practice of the state providing direct aid to towns and villages as a way to kind of offset the mandates that the state places on local communities and so he's taking away the the crumbs he gives to kind of help us with those mandates, but he's keeping those mandates in place. And it's significant money. I mean, in Schenectady County, the town you just mentioned, it's over um, about probably half a million dollars uh, right here in our own community. So mm-hmm. um, we're fighting back. We're telling the governor that he needs to restore AIM. He needs to increase AIM. That's what they call it, aid and incentives to municipalities. Um, and then he needs to make sure he's protecting the upstate communities by ensuring that we're going to continue to get this unrestricted money to help offset a lot of the costs we have from the mandates coming down from the state. Now, the governor, during the past week, called on the counties involved, in your case it would be Schenectady County, to make up the difference, to make the counties whole. Is that What do you think of that idea? Well, you know, that's a shell game. He's really just pushing his responsibility onto the counties. I don't I don't know what his mechanism is for the counties to come up with the money themselves. He, he says that uh, counties should be sharing the sales tax growth, you know, the revenue that the counties mm-hmm. are seeing in growth and sales tax. Uh, to that extent, I agree with him. We should be seeing more growth from the county uh, the sharing those revenues with the towns. In Schenectady County, that does not happen. Um, and what he's doing is he's setting up a system where towns from different counties or different parts of the state would have different revenue coming in because each county decides how it wishes to share the sales tax agreement. So just to give you an example, in Saratoga County, the county shares 50 cents of every tax dollar coming in on sales tax with the towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Schenectady County, the county shares less than one penny of new sales tax revenue with each of the towns. So what the governor is proposing in Schenectady County, let's just take a town like Glenville, is currently getting $180,000 in AIM funding. Under his proposal, the county using sales tax growth to offset that loss, we'd only get $1,500 back on the $180,000 because the county does not share sales tax fairly in Schenectady County. If he wants to set this system up, my reaction to that is then pass a law, sign a law that prescribes a fair and equitable share of the sales tax between the counties and the towns across the entire state. So every town 
is sharing equally uh, in the sales tax growth, and there isn't winners and losers across the state of New York. The governor's also proposed making the 2% tax increase cap for municipalities permanent. Is that a good idea? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's again, another misnomer. Um, it's, it's, the tax cap has not been what, what uh, the folks in the state level like to think it has been. It gives them a, it's a PR thing for them, really. Um, I think it's ironic that he wants to make the 2% tax cap permanent, and yet taking away AIM, that action alone, equals a 2% tax increase on residents because we would have to replace that money with levy. The only way towns get their their money it really is through levy. And so he wants to make it permanent, but yet he's causing a minimum 2% tax increase just to make up for the revenue he's taken away from the towns. The, the messages coming out of Albany right now are, are mixed. I think they have a horrible revenue problem. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. They have, they're getting enough revenue. I think they have a horrible spending problem on the state level. And I think the governor's scrambling to try to figure out how to fill his deficits, and he's trying to put it on the backs of local governments. Chris Ketsley joins us on Talk at the Town. He's supervisor of the town of Glenville. Well, let's continue on the, the budget a- angle, if you will. Uh, the Glenville town budget late last year passed on a 3-2 to two party line vote with the two town board Democrats voting against it, concerned with the over 2% tax increase. Even though it's over 2%, that still is under the state tax cap somehow. That, that all gets figured, figured some way. But uh, the Democrats said you could have lowered the tax increase by using more reserve funds. Why didn't you do that? Yeah, that was really one of the most irresponsible um, proposals that those uh, folks could have made, the two new Democrats, I think, um, Maybe they don't have the history of the town and don't understand where we've come in the budget process, and, and um, I think that's, that's the case there. One of the most irresponsible things you can do is what they wanted to do is really uh, take money out of the town savings account, essentially, and put it towards operations. And what that's like, that's like taking your 401K and paying your credit card bill with it. That's what the town did under the recent Democrat administration before I took over, and it got us into trouble. And what happens is you start using that money for operations, and it runs out, and then you're in trouble. You either have to cut the service or you have to increase taxes. So we've taken a responsible position where we will uh, make sure that we protect the fund balance under my administration. We've protected that fund balance. Um, I inherited a $1.4 million allocation of fund balance towards the budget, we are now down 10 years later to about $340,000. So we're able to save our reserves for important things like capital expenses or emergency spending. That's what you're supposed to be doing with your reserves. You're not supposed to be putting it into a operations. You know, it's easy for a politician who gets elected to say, I want to lower taxes, but it's irresponsible to do it in a manner that leaves your budget vulnerable to large swings later in the future. You know, a lot of people look at budgets as a one-year document. I look at a budget as multi-year. What we do this year is going to impact what happens next year and the year after that. And I'm, I'm committed to making sure we, we have a strong fiscal um, basis going forward, and we're not going to do these gimmicks of, uh, you know, taking money out of savings account or 
you know, under my administration, we cut our debt uh, tremendously over the past 10 years. Uh, we have the lowest tax rate in the county. Uh, we have the least amount of employees. We're the most efficient town government. And we got there by making good fiscal decisions, not by employing gimmicks to, to uh, set our budget. The interest of full disclosure, I live in the town of Glenville, and what I'm just going to ask you about, I, I hadn't known anything about until I was uh, preparing for this interview, which is a problem for me. I should pay more attention to town government. Uh, town Hall and Senior Center. The town is, you, you say, should explore options for a new town hall and a senior center uh, this year. Currently, the town hall also houses the police department and town courts, it's in a former movie theater on uh, Glenridge Road, and the senior center is off uh, Warden Road. W what are the options here? Yeah, so we're really looking at, we're, we're a growing town, obviously. We've gone through a tremendous amount of growth over the past 10 to 12 years, and it's impacting us. Uh, we operationally don't have the space that we need. Um, our staff is cut up. We don't uh, have all the uh, amenities that we need for a you know, 21st century uh, large town. And uh, we're looking at potentially upgrading our space, but also then through efficiencies, bringing our different properties together. Right now the senior center is off location from town hall, and that means we have to split our em employees. We have time be travel time between the buildings for our employees and there's just a whole bunch of efficiencies that we can bring if, if we could bring everyone together. And so we're looking at potentially a capital project that would uh, enhance Town Hall, give our residents, our employees the space that a uh, town of our size uh, needs, and then also gain some efficiencies by bringing the senior center into that. Um, the police station you mentioned has a grant. We received a grant of $1.5 million so uh, to, to help us rebuild the police station. So that is kind of already in place. And that's been the driving force of really looking at what do we do next? Because we're not going to spend $1.5 million on an old building if we're going to move into a new building in the near future. And that's really what the study is looking at right now is what makes the most sense uh, for mm -hmm. us to go forward. So, I mean, it hasn't, the plan hasn't been decided, but it sounds like from what you're saying, the idea is to consolidate uh, the senior center and the town hall and the police department in one location? Yes. I mean, that way we can share space. So I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, there's 7,000 square feet, let's say, of a town board meeting room, and there's also maybe 7,000 square feet of a senior center space that's used during the day for, let's say, activities. Uh, instead of building those twice, we can build those once and share them. And we could save money then and also bring some efficiency to the to the table by uh, making sure our employees, um, you know, we don't have to split our employee force. We don't have to send some people down to the senior center. And so we're looking at a consolidated, um, almost town campus, I guess, is how we would would um, uh, view it, mm -hmm. um, but we're very early in those stages, sure. and we're we're looking we're studying all those options right now. The senior center's sort of in my neighborhood. Uh, it seems like a isn't it a new building? Uh, it's been just over twenty. I think we just celebrated about twenty years on it, or twenty five years on it. Um, so yes, it is. Uh, but it sadly is 
not large enough to meet the growing needs of our seniors. The programming at the senior center has exploded. Our membership has exploded. Uh, when they built it 20, 25 years ago, I don't think they saw the growth. And the problem with the building is that it's pretty much landlocked. We are on school property. It's not town property. So it's a town-owned building on school property. We lease the land. But we have no way of really expanding. And there's a whole bunch of things that the seniors want to do. And uh, some of the newer seniors coming in have a different um, interest than what some of the seniors from the past have, have been looking at. And so some night programs, some things like that. But it just isn't big enough to accommodate all the needs of the senior center, and we have no way of expanding it on the footprint that it's on right now. Our guest is Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley. Uh, we've been talking about um, the town hall, the town uh, senior center. Uh, let me ask about another building before going on to something else. The town highway garage on, on Vly Road. I've Watch that many a time on many trips along by Bly Road or see it. Do you think that building, it is kind of old, should be replaced? No question. Uh, highway department needs to be replaced. It's old. It's small. Um, we don't have the space we need there either. Um, you know, one of the things, the good news is the town's growing. The challenging news is that now we have to figure out how to meet those uh, uh, challenges as, as we get bigger. Um we're adding staff to the highway department because there's uh, so much work that's needed to be done now on town roads. So it does, um, and that is in the long-term plan. It's not immediate. We're addressing the senior center, the town hall, and the police department first, and primarily because we have a grant to address those uh, through the police department first. Mm -hmm. Highway department then will be addressed later. But this ties in, Bob, to what we were talking about earlier and those, those reserve funds. The Democrats on the board wanted to squander the reserve funds on operations. What we have done is instead of doing that, we've created capital reserve accounts with our reserves. And so what you're supposed to do with your reserves is spend it on capital reserves. And we're getting to a point now where we have enough capital reserves over the years that we've kind of helped, you know, save, that we're able to hopefully pay for most of these buildings if we go forward with the capital reserves that we put aside. So there'd be very little impact, if any at all, to the taxpayer, property taxpayer, because we've taken the approach, the responsible approach of protecting reserves and putting them into capital uh, projects and then um, being able to, to meet those needs. So I would say long-term, highway will get done. We'd probably need a couple more years of building those capital reserves in the highway fund to help us do that. So you're probably looking at the next five years or so. That would probably start to get addressed. I mean, do you expect to keep it where it is? Probably not. Um, one of the problems is if you stay where you are, renovations are very expensive today, much more expensive than new construction um, so if we try to renovate it, that building is so old and so antiquated, it just wouldn't make fiscal sense. Um, if we were to demolish it, that's an added cost before you even start building. So we would probably look for another location, but then that leaves a challenge of what happens to that location. Mm. Um, and that's one of my concerns. 
Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley is with us. Let me ask about historic preservation. The Yates Mansion on Maple Avenue in Glenville was a residence of early 19th century New York Governor Joseph Yates, building now listed on the National and State Registers of Historic Places. Uh, what are your hopes for this structure? Yeah, this is an exciting project. You know, the town went out and uh, purchased this a couple years ago for a couple reasons. It was in great disrepair, and it was uh, under threat of demolition by developers who were interested in buying it and putting in a multifamily uh, in that location. So the town needs a history center. We currently have one right now, and uh, following the theme that I've been talking about, uh, it's just inadequate. It's a small, tiny cape right now. Uh, our history center. We are full. We have no more space uh, in there for archives. So this is going to give the town the space it needs to grow, and we're going to use it as a history and cultural center. Uh, people can use it for meeting room space. Um, they'll come in and uh, look through the archives. We'll have some uh, interpretive space on town history, which is a very important to me. Um, so we're, we're very excited about it. We we're in the process now of renovations, and we're in the demo process, I guess you would call it. We're really uh, stripping everything back down to its bare um, walls and starting over uh, because it went through such strange renovations in the 80s and 90s that there's not a lot of historic value left inside. So we're working on that. We have an archaeological um, dig we're planning for the spring since we recently uncovered a stone foundation on the property, and we want to learn more about that. So we're learning a lot more about the Yates family and about the home, and I think there's a lot of exciting things that are going to come out of this in the next couple of years. How are you going to pay for this? Well, we've been out uh, um, fundraising, and so there's been events that uh, folks have been supporting. We've had a bunch of uh, folks uh, just wanting to send in checks, um, and we've uh, raised some grants. One of the important things about getting on the state and the federal registry is that it opens the town up to a lot more as far as resources are available, grants and things like that, state and state and federal grants even. So we are really committed to making sure that we do this as much as possible, and I anticipate most of it will be done through uh, grants that have come into the town uh, through the state, federal, and even private um, foundations. Hmm. Let me ask you about parks in Glenville. Malwick Park, which is along the Mohawk River, uh, between the river and Route 5, there are plans for more development there? Yeah, we've really put a lot of efforts into our parks recently, Malwick being one of them. Um, this past year, we uh, you know, added, a couple of years ago, we added a, another entrance, but now we've expanded the park road this year. We've uh, included two new fields uh, this past year. That was all done through a state grant, um, somewhere in the neighborhood, about 570, almost $600,000. Uh, so this year, the town board has uh, authorized the continuation of the park plan, um, and so now this year we'll be adding uh, a pavilion, concession stands, bathrooms, and uh, playground to Melwick Park. That's another 580, almost 600,000. Um, all told, the past two years, that would mean we put about 1.2 to 1.4 million dollars into Melwick Park alone. Most of it being uh, state grants. 
to to improve the park. And so we're very, very excited about that. Uh, we've done a lot of work in Indian Meadows on the new trail. We just uh, kind of launched that new trail. We did a hike last Saturday, the Greenway Trail, a four-mile trail that connects Anderson to Indian Meadows. So it's so really a lot going on in our in our parks, and we're excited about that. And I got to ask you about Glenfield. The State Department of Transportation <laughs> briefly changed Glenville's name. How did they do that? Yeah, apparently there was a little mix-up at DOT, and uh, I feel badly because I think they were embarrassed by it. But we saw the sign uh, coming into Glenville saying "Welcome to Glenfield" uh, <laughs> on Route Five, coming from Amsterdam. Apparently, I learned there's a Glenfield, there is a town of Glenfield out towards Utica, and they believe that the sign just between Glenville and Glenfield got yeah. mixed up, and uh, whoever was yep. putting the sign up perhaps maybe didn't look at it as closely as they should have, but they were very responsive. DOT took it down immediately, right. got the right okay. one up quickly. I'm sorry, we're out of time, Supervisor Ketsley. You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590 plus 100.5. We're also heard in the North Country on 1410 AM and 96.9 FM. Our guest today, Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcutmore.com. I'm Bob Cutmore.